Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, hello from Indianapolis, Indiana, on this, what is this date, June 21st? 21st. 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 And, and, and happy Father's Day. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to everybody. And yeah. what yeah. show number is this? Yeah. Yep. What first, is this, 98, Chris? First, number 98, old 98, yes. Yeah, so we're getting close to triple digits. And uh, actually, the plan, I think, and I think I can announce this, is two weeks from tonight on the 5th of July. I know Bill wants to listen to this. I know I want to, and maybe anybody else uh, who who is, uh, has it available to them. The ACB is going to be opening its virtual convention, and uh, that's the opening night session. So I think we're going to take that week off. We would have been if we were, had gone to Schaumburg, Illinois, which we weren't able to do. So we may as well just take that week. We should be back on the 12th, I think, and uh, certainly we'll have this week, next week, and by the 12th, we hope to have really good news and people in training camps and everything yes. else. We'll be talking about that tonight. But uh, anyway, this is show number 98. Uh, we are also going to be on for the full uh, full boat tonight. We there, There's no let's get, let's get together with Steve. Uh, he had that on Friday night, so that's out of the way, so we don't have to do that. And the schedule on the website, we think, that now says 8 to 9.30 for us. Doesn't mean we'll always go to 9.30. If we run out of stuff at like 9.15 or something, we'll stop. Uh, you know, but uh, 9.30 is available to us anyway, you know. But if you, hey, but Chris, if they want to, if people want to talk to us, we can right. talk to you or we'll, we'll talk to you as long as you want to talk to us. Sure, right, yeah, yeah. until 9.30. Why not? We can do that. We, we're, we're hey. you know, we're not going anywhere. If uh, you want to talk, we can throw it open if we've uh, finished all our stuff but anyway so tonight with our agenda we're going to have uh, we'll uh, talk about the first uh, results uh, for golf and uh, say where nascar stands as we always do every sunday since those are the two major sports that are going but another major sport got going yesterday in that we had the belmont days i was that's the first one i've watched i'm not a big golf or racing fan I'll, I'll pay some attention but not a lot so i haven't gotten into that but i did watch the belmont yesterday and that was that was pretty cool people in the studios people there were a few, couple people from nbc at the track a couple of people in their homes a couple of people in the studios i think so it was kind of a mixed bag and that was that was good coverage and uh, watch that so we'll talk about it and kind of a cool result for everybody then uh, we'll do do our base i'll do uh, as we call it our due diligence on baseball uh, it's just been a stupid week back and forth back and forth and we're almost about where we started last week uh, but we'll do that then the odds and ends uh, covid breakouts in various camps and various things that are going on and we'll cover all that hockey and basketball uh, we'll talk a little bit about a buffalo saber firing we'll we'll also talk about sean's going to go through some of the stuff with the nba some of the stuff that they're going to have to do and and, and want to do. They're, they're going to have some fun in Orlando, assuming they can get into Orlando without getting the virus from anybody in Orlando, because that's one of the bad spots to go. Then we're going to do the deaths. We only have six this week, which is low for the, what we've been having, and well, of course, the, this day in history. So, yeah, uh, and we're also going to talk about 
how sports media covers people that die when we talk about the deaths. So yeah, one key mistake in one by one person can you know everybody's like lemmings and they fall. We'll talk about that when we get to Mike McCormick, who was a pretty good pitcher in the fifties and sixties. So, but first, why don't we have Sean do his uh, thing, and then Sean, you can maybe uh, do the golf and uh, talk about yeah. the NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, and, I'll and go Jerry down. does have his, and Jerry does have his hand up, Sean. Yeah, we'll to talk get about to the Jerry. Belmont. I know when Belmont. Well, Jerry's our Belmont expert, so we will yeah, get, we can get, get him very, very so, soon. But actually, we also, could get him. Yeah, if we want, we could get Jerry on for the Belmont coverage. So why don't we do? Yes. Why don't we do the um your your spiel? You do yeah, it. I'll do the stuff, and we'll, and we'll bring then the results. Well, then we'll this. bring Jerry on for if he can be part of the show yeah. during the Belmont. Yeah, all right. First of all, you can call in that Zoom number that Marty gave you, or you can dial, if you want to dial uh, 317-886-1103, you can dial directly in. And that's just if you want to come in, make a comment, and hang up. Uh, of course, if you want to leave a message throughout the week, 800-693-0595, option number two. Say it is for Sports Lounge. Or you can email us, sportslounge at allthingsradio.com. Net. Those are ways you can check us out. And let's get right on to a few things. First of all, Brooks Kepka, you're going to hear him in this week in sports history a few times. Uh, yep. But he, he won the RBC Heritage at Hilton Head, South Carolina, second tournament back. NASCAR, postponed Geico 500, will run on Fox tomorrow, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, same time, at Talladega. Also, the uh, Wednesday, they announced the inductees for the 2021 NASCAR Hall of Fame. Ralph Seagraves, he was an owner. He Back in the 70s, he was responsible for bringing a sponsorship for the Cup, the Winston Cup, you know, which is now the uh, Monster Energy Cup. It's been the Sprint Cup. But he brought a sponsor and helped get them get the races on national television for NASCAR. Uh, he won the uh, – he, he's getting in, getting the uh, – what are oh, this one award that they have? Then they have the the uh, Pioneer Division is Red Farmer, who was a, a race race back in the 50s, 60s. He was part of what's called the Alabama Gang with Bobby and Davey Allison and a bunch of them. I guess there was like 106 races where the Alabama Gang won 96 out of 106. Uh, Mike Stefanik, who he didn't wrestle on, or wrestle, he didn't race. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't race on well, the he big. Well, he might have wrestled, John. He might have wrestled. Yeah, he might, but on the big, on the big uh, Winston slash Sprint Cup, but he was real big on what they call the Modified Series, which is another division of NASCAR. Because remember, it's all of stock car racing, and he just died last year, so he got in. And the other inductee is Dale Earnhardt Jr., so he got in, and now as we'll segue into the Belmont, of course, winner uh, is <laughs> so let's, let's segue into the Belmont. Let's bring our man Jerry in to talk about the Belmont. Jerry, welcome. Hey, okay. Good evening, everybody, and happy Father's Day to Belmont. It was great to see horse racing again. I can say I've seen 60 of them. Okay. I started 1961. Mm-hmm. Carry back. Uh, did not win the Triple Crown that day. That was what happened that day with the Belmont, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Carry back had won the Preakness and the Derby, but not the Belmont. You're right. So it was a so what? Jerry, did you did you like the result? I think most people had picked his the law, who's of course yeah. he won it. Oh, they did. They did, they did, Chris, because he the final line I believe is four to five. you could bet you could bet five bucks and you win four. Right yeah. now, uh, according to all the horse racing experts, those that pay attention to the sport all year round, they say that he's the cream of the crop of all the three year olds. Right, so, that's what I hear. That's what you they, hear. And and Jerry, you told us this on Friday night. Yes, you did. Yeah. 
I did good. That's great. I, I got something right. It was historic <laughs> in a lot of ways. I think they said there was only about a hundred people there, Correct. and they were just the people that were connected with horse racing yep. with, 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 with the horses the horse, and all. There, that. Every horse had a crew, so you probably had you know. And of course, you had other people that were there for other races too, I guess. And some of them were doing double and triple duty. They do, you know, when they when they have these cards, a jockey will ride three or four races, you know. So uh, you yeah. know, they they were they work with other horses as well. And many, it was like a, was just many. A New York horse won it. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. And that's that's the first time a New York horse has won the Belmont since 1882. Yeah, I didn't know the name of that horse, but I forgot. Forrester. 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 Yeah, okay. I read, I read, I went to the Globe to pick up a little bit of extra. And the trainer, I don't know if he's the oldest trainer to win the Barkley. They probably, uh, they've been win the Belmont. They probably would have said that. His name is Barkley Tag. He was 82 years old. Wow. And, uh, you know, and uh, again, Forrester won it. And then Jack Knowlton was the owner, and I forget the name of his stable, but it's over near Saratoga, New York, so the central part of New York, and he was at a watch party. Of course, the donors and all that could not be there either, so right. he was at a watch party, and they, they showed that. Dr. Post was second, and Max Player was third, and uh, let's see, and what else do we have? And it really um, wasn't close. It was not close. No. He was out, and I mean, they, Franco, they noticed how he kind of glanced back to see how far the others were, and they said, normally, if the close pack, you wouldn't do that, but he kind of glanced and, back. And, and, yeah, remember yeah. They, and remember, they shortened the Belmont race this year. It's normally a mile and a half, and this year it was yeah. a mile and an eighth. Right. Now, and also, they, they had owned, uh, that owned, that stable had owned Funny Side, and the yeah. same, in, and so he won the, the Derby and the Preakness in 03, and this is the same stable that, that owned uh, Funny Side and with the same trainer, I think, as well. Yes, it was. You know, it was the same trainer, yes. Yeah. And, what were you going to uh, say, Sean? They were talking on the broadcast yesterday. This is kind of an interesting concept because they talked about running it this late. Mike Tirico and uh, Kenny Rice and them, I think, Eddie Olchek, they were all talking about, uh, would this work out maybe to, because you have a lot of horses, sometimes they'll run the Derby, they'll skip the Freakness, and then come back for the Belmont, or they won't run all three. They had talked about what if they were to, say, keep the Derby, you know, ne- everything gets better next year, comes back, or whatever, you know, first Saturday of May, possibly moving the Preakness to around the first Saturday of June, and then having first Saturday of July, July 4th weekend, the yeah. Belmont. And it, yeah, and I know. It would work out for the Saratoga races and the yep. other, you know, and plus, because right now, the only reason, the main reason they moved, they kept this first instead of having it spaced out is because right after, because you have the Breeders' Cup early November. Yeah, no, uh, what, what what they actually were talking about, Sean, is the Kentucky Derby, where it is, first Saturday in May, Memorial Day weekend for the uh, Prickness, and then 4th of July week, weekend for the Belmont. Okay, Memorial Day weekend, yeah, moving yeah. it back. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so that's good. So, Jerry, you got any more comments before we move on to baseball? Well, I got on mute. Okay. Go. go ahead, Jerry. You're good. Go ahead. Oh, no, it was a great race. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, of course, well, boy, if they move things to Memorial Day, that wouldn't be one heck of a weekend, huh? Horse race, Indianapolis 500 and everything. Well, that's right. No, that'd be great. I mean, that'd be Saturday, and the race would be on Sunday. And, uh, you know, I think people, yep. would, uh, people would enjoy that. Yeah. yeah they would. would love it. They'd have a big weekend with hockey, with hockey, horse racing, and, and, and basketball. Indy. Yeah, yeah. And and, 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 yeah, you might have basketball, and you know, well, well, that's that's when we have the Derby, yeah. which will yeah. have, you know, if if um this horse is able to run in the Derby, it'll still have decent interest, 
even up against if we're, your college football gets off the way they want to, it'll, the Derby will do okay even against the college football because you know people oh, yeah. will remember this and want to watch it. But they said yep. one one problem that might come up out of this, Chris, is if he goes on to win the Triple Crown, everybody will think it's not a real legitimate Triple Crown winner because he didn't run the mile and a half. You know, everybody's going to think, look, we're going to have weird playoffs in hockey and basketball. Basically, they're going to be pretty much the same, but a little different. Yeah. We're letting 12 teams in and one of the, in the NHL in each conference, and one of those might win that wouldn't have necessarily made it. We're going to have the NBA doing it together, which is different. You're not going to have the home and away like you do in, in basketball and hockey normally. You're going to have a shorter baseball season at the most, probably 60 yeah. games. You're going to have asterisks about everything that happens this year. But oh, yeah. What do you want? You're going to have all kinds of asterisks. What, what do you want? This is an asterisk here. This is a year we got closer today to having a normal Father's Day than anything we've had since uh, President's Day. I mean, yeah. this is just a weird year, you know. Yeah. Pretty, I think people pretty much got to do what they wanted on Father's Day. All the other holidays got messed up. So, you know, let's just, you know, hey, whatever, you know, well, we're, we're well, doing the best we can. The first normal holiday since, since New Year's Day. Yeah. Well, pre- President's Day was great. I don't know, oh, great President's time. Day, yeah. 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 yeah, the President's yeah, Day. Yeah, it was great. Just uh, uh, people bought cars and everything like they're supposed to. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so, so moving on. Okay, so thanks, Jerry. If you want to chime in later, uh, feel free. And yeah. so, um, all right, for baseball, we have have uh, we I don't know we've gone I don't know Perry why don't you just talk about it and then we'll see if there's anything that we need to mention I've got a list of things that happened during the week here one thing I need to uh, we didn't really know about until and I'm going to put this to frame the whole thing that we found out on Monday or so that there are six to eight owners that don't really want to play and they can block it if eight want to not play you need 23 votes you need 75 percent of the owners to, to vote to play so if eight don't want to they won't so, uh, you, you know, this is the, the problem. I was really yelling at Manfred for, what, what do you, how can you say, as of you know, last week, uh, we will have a season, then you say, now I'm not confident. Well, he is he is their employee, and he didn't apparently really, he never, he talks before he, you know, thinks. And he didn't really find out that he had this block of people who may not want to play. And so and he that's went, and he hanging over this, everybody's head to start with, you know? And he said this on, they had a special on Monday night. It was a host of Mike Greenberg, ESPN, uh, back to sports. They had seven sports commissioners on, and he basically said, "Well, I don't know if it's going to be a hundred percent." And that's what started the whole thing about the six to eight owners coming out. Well, the problem, and we, and we Rob- still don't know who the six to eight owners are. I mean, there's no, specula- there's speculation, but nobody really knows. But let's tell you where we're at on yeah. Tuesday. Apparently, Manford and Tony Clark met in a room for several hours. And uh, then, you know, on Wednesday, Manfred puts out a thing. We, we have a framework for a deal. Everybody was excited for about five minutes, and then the players' union comes back. Well, maybe not so much. Uh, but the, it, basically, the hang-up is the owners are saying 60 games is as high as they can go. After Friday's news that five Phillies players, one Astros players, and two Angels players at least have tested positive, that had the players thinking – about well maybe they, maybe it is because the players had put out a deal where they want seventy games. So and I mean, Perry, if you, if you, if you do the then. right, oh, uh, but we'll get yeah. to that. But okay. if you get to where we're, you know, they wanted seventy, the owners wanted sixty. So at that point, you would think, well, okay, if you just go sixty-five, you're down the middle. Maybe that could settle it. Well. Now, today, Rob Manfred puts out this thing. What This has nothing to do with anything. But he says, well, I could uh, cancel the universal DH. I could cancel the expanded playoffs and all this in 2021. 
don't we need to get through 2020 before we do anything with 2021? And yes, yeah. there probably are more players that have tested positive. We just don't know. And we won't know who they are because of HIPAA laws. Yeah, now I, I've heard since that was, since the, the list you just put out, uh, four Yankees, some Toronto Blue Jays, some Tampa Bay Rays. Um, so, you know, and uh, they've closed all 30 spring training sites. Right. They right. Want Every, they want... Everybody's going to be at their home ballpark now. Which yes. is what I thought they were going to do in the first place. I was surprised to see that people were in Florida and Arizona doing, trying to do this. The reason they like... do that, Chris, the reason they do that is if you go to Florida and Arizona, you could maybe get some more spring training games in. Yeah. Correct. The only, the only way, the only thing you're going to do, like at your home ballpark, you know, the Cubs could play a few games against the White Sox, the Yankees, the Mets, you know, things like that. But yeah. you don't get to use you don't get to get your team wired up like you normally would. Right, yeah. And here they could go down. Yeah, everybody's got teams fairly near them except like Seattle. They're kind of out of nowhere. But yeah, the Red Sox go down and play the Yankees or Mets for exhibition games if they wanted to. And they could do inter-squad games. I mean, that's the other thing uh, that you do. So, right. you know, I and don't you know. Don't have, and you don't have in your home ballparks, you don't have all the mounds and extra fields, things like that right. that you could use to get everybody yeah. ready. Right. Yeah. Now, the one thing, the advantage right now for the way that this uh, virus is moving is the people in the Northeast are, are better off now. So right now our, our cases in Massachusetts, New York, Pennsylvania, we're doing well. So they, they'd be safer in this part of the country right now. Everybody is safer in this part of the country right now than people in other parts over in Texas, Arizona, and Florida. They're all going up. So, you know, it's not places you really want to go. And even and these we'll are areas the later, but yeah, Orlando, these are areas, Chris, these are areas, remember, that never had the big spike. So maybe correct. what was dormant there maybe is now coming to the surface. We, you know, right. who knows? And the more people move around the country because there's no bans on... Now, I heard, for example, that New York wanted to have people coming from Florida quarantined for two weeks because, after all, that was done to New York by Florida. Not to tit for tat, it's just good policy when you're coming from a state that's, that's having problems. So we may have some quarantines and things, but the baseball teams are going to have to really think about how they're going to do this. You know, basketball and hockey are thinking about bubbles, and that makes sense. But the baseball teams are going to have to think about if they're going to see their families, they're going to come and go if you know if you have you, know, you live in an area you've got a house you're going to go back and forth okay you, you can drive you don't have to take public transportation but you know you're going to be with these people all the time and what are they going to do are they going to be uh, being as careful as they should be so you know you really don't know how this is all going to work with baseball because it's it's, it's a whole other way of doing it that hockey and basketball is not doing here's something See, and, that... we, and we went out to oh just a second bill we went out today and uh, you, you went we went to a restaurant the person in the restaurant wasn't wearing a mask or anything then you go to then you go to like Walmart or whatever those people are um, they generally do a pretty good job of it here but I, I was kind of yeah. surprised that the person yeah was but to, uh, go, go ahead hold on hold on guys go ahead bill this just came off I just read this off a of bleacher report how accurate it is I don't know but 40 players yeah. tested positive this week from the MLB. Oh, that sounds boy. about right. Three or four That's here. About right. Three or four there. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. 40, yeah. And these guys yeah. haven't really been together that much yet. They they were just starting. The states were starting to open up the workout. So you, you know it's gonna it's probably gonna get worse before it gets better. So is there anything else? I mean, baseball is just uh, really now. What's when's the latest vote scheduled on? It's sixty that they're voting on now. Correct. No, we That's don't. And it's, it's sixty. It was supposed to be today, but now they postponed it because they said Rob Manford has made tweaks to the proposal. 
So yeah, we don't know no, where the vote is now. I, I, I've got to tell you, and we talked about this on, on our Friday night get-together for uh, uh, to fill the listeners in. Uh, we were talking about each commissioner in all the sports. Right now, Rob Manford is becoming the boob of all commissioners. He He can't. He can't keep his mouth shut. I mean, you you never know what's going to come out of this guy's mouth. It, it, no. it, it's pathetic. But, you know, but in, in all fairness, Robert, like the two gyms were saying this morning, Bowden and Duquette, unfortunately, the uh, leadership for both the players and the owners through this at one time or another has been absolutely atrocious. True. Yeah, it has. True. Because and now, so now, now Peter, the two the two gyms were saying this morning, as as you and I were talking privately earlier, Chris. You know, yeah. last week we were telling you, well, they thought the players had a good chance at a grievance. Now this morning, they think it's turned, and the players don't have a very good chance with a grievance. Well, the bottom line that we need to keep our eyes on is to remember they want to finish the season by September 27th. Dr. Fauci, by the way, doesn't think that's going to give them enough time to get their postseason in because he's still thinking there may be, and nobody's sure, but he's thinking there may be a uh, you know a, a spike in the fall and you know when people and i think the reasoning is <clears throat> not so much the cold weather and stuff because it's really not a seasonal virus but people will be inside closing their windows and won't be as much ventilation right. as there is in the summer and who where are the you can see now <clears throat> where are the spikes in texas arizona and Miami, florida where everybody's got to run air conditioners all the time like people have to run the heat in the northeast so if you're closed in it may be more prevalent you're going to get the virus you know and so what Fauci is saying just about general things is that the, we're just going to have to work around this and things are going to open and close individually and, and we're not going to have you know we're not going to have the, the lockdown like we had because now we have masks and we do have more testing so we can do that and by the way yeah and kind of going along with that the biggest the biggest group of people that are catching it are the under 30 and a lot of these baseball players are under 30 yes. just like the college football players you know they're 18 to 22 they you know we'll get into yep. some of that i guess we can and transition the, into some yeah of these and, the, we and can, the good but, news but and the good news there is if you're under 30 chances are not always but chances are it's not going to impact you like it would somebody over 65 but you could take it and spread it to your parent your grandparent that is that's correct that's correct and that ties into what we talked about a few weeks ago on here about watch this to see how they handle it with fans. Remember, with protests, and we're not going to get one. So you had the protests and you had the rally, both going yeah. on in a couple and, of years. You and and the not social dis- and also Labor Memorial Day weekend yeah. where people weren't social. Yeah, you were the not so yeah the not social distancing and you know especially the you know when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, you think. You think you're invincible, and you're ten you had, feet tall and bulletproof at that age. That's, you've had, that's right. You've had what thirty Clemson, what twenty three Clemson players, uh, a number of Alabama 23, players. Twenty three Clemson, I think eight Alabama, thirteen Auburn, 30, and then now Texas, thirty and LSU, LSU, thirty LSU, thirteen Texas players, and a lot of these, a lot of these players were at the protests and they were speaking, and you know they've had. You know, and they they spoke right. their mind on, you know, a lot of stuff, and that but, kind of you know it gets into some of the other news items that came that's out. Right. This but week. to wrap up baseball, uh, you heard a good interview. I wish I would have heard it. Uh, really, our elders, one of our elder statesmen. You know, we talk about Bob Costas, but another elder statesman in baseball. And here we talk about elder statesman, uh, one of whom is younger than me, Bob Costas. But Peter Gammons is, and he's about four years older than I am. And I guess you heard an interview with Peter Gammons, and he thinks, and he's generally been on the player side for most of the stuff. But he basically generally yes, both, both of them are, have really messed up uh, on this. Uh, is that what you heard him That's say? That's correct. Both of them have messed it up, and, and he thinks that if, if they don't get something figured out pretty quick, 
and get for he thinks it may do irreparable damage to the sport. Now you had a I, they didn't name the player, but one player said today this was quoted by Steve Sachs. Um, he said, "Well, in a few years it'll be okay. It's it looks bad now, but it'll be okay." Steve Sachs said, "Here's the problem." He said, "What if you've done so much damage to where your sport's nearly irrelevant by that time?" Yeah. Okay. Well, it's pretty much near the bottom of the hour, is it not? I don't do. If we have any callers, if you want to say something real quick, put up your hand now, and that'll then that'll take us to the bottom of the hour. Right. We'll give you a couple seconds here to do that. But we have no hands, so why don't we do this? Why don't we, Bill, go ahead and take our break just a couple minutes early, and then we'll come back and keep going. Yeah. Okay, and Bill is not quite ready, so we will keep going for a couple minutes. you got it. Hold hold, hold on. Go ahead, Bill. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets, and they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ed Council. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. I know. You don't. (laughs) Oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. (laughs) No. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Okay, we are back. Are you guys... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I hit the wrong button for you guys. I really muted you that time, Perry. <laughs> okay. There I'm we really are. Are we, are we on? You are on. But I want we you are. to be quiet. So, Sean, before we get restarted again, Sean, why don't you run, run down the numbers they can call again just in case somebody doesn't know them? Uh, all right. You can dial in at Zoom, 646-876-9923, and then 287-723-4600. Hit town key twice. Star 9 raises your hand to ask a question. Or you can also do that on the Zoom app. Also, you come in that way. Or if you just want to come in directly, 317-886-1103. That's how you dial in. And I guess we kind of were segueing from baseball to to the rest of the, the potpourri. Of stuff. So Houston, one of the things I, I got was Houston brought back people without testing them before they, they threw they them together. They certainly yes. did. I'm talking yes. about the University of Houston Cougars. That's, that's correct. That's correct. 
Yes. And they had to close down their facilities because they had six cases. Well, they're lucky they didn't even have more. Then Kansas, we have, Kansas State had to shut down their facilities, Chris, because they had 14. Okay. Yep. So then for the NFL, and of course they're not together, but people are still picking up the, the virus, again, either from uh, not uh, you know social distancing or from protests or from uh, just the luck of the draw. Ezekiel Elliott is one whose name uh, was publicized. We're, we've got a couple of names of actual people. We will get to them as we go along. And uh, and other Dallas uh, players, Cowboys players, and other Houston Texans uh, had it. Uh, and, of course, they're in Texas, so you know some of them, most of them, I imagine. So that's maybe part of the problem. Uh, and they were all separate, like I said. Um, we had uh, a... The Dol- Dolph had its first uh, guy. He had to with PGA Tour. He had to withdraw from the tournament. Yep. Yep, that's right. And I guess nobody in his party, his caddy or anybody else, had it. No, so that nobody was they, they Everything else was fine. But uh, yeah. So again, I've got sort of a potpourri just bouncing around. Kyle Shanahan was extended six-year extension for the San Francisco 49ers after going to the Super Bowl and and uh, leading for three quarters. He got that. Uh, let's see. And uh, so, uh, Robert, I'll, I'll say this, then you can make a quick comment on it. Jason uh, Botterell was fired by the Buffalo Sabres. Before we, we get, Chris, to... before we go to hockey, before we go to hockey, there okay. is a little more NFL news. You know, we we quote Dr. Fauci. I mean, we, we know yep. that the, the people have been right. They've been wrong on some things yep. and right on some things. But he says yep. that uh, he is not confident that, that we will have an NFL season unless they do what the NBA is doing and play in a bubble-type atmosphere, which – that is not going to happen with the NFL. There's no. way and too many NFL, people for that to happen. The NFL has been watching how German Bundesliga and English Premier League soccer are doing, because English Premier League just came back Wednesday. German Bundesliga has been back a week. Spanish Liga. They have been watching to see how they're doing it, because it's very similar. I mean, not quite as many people you know, on, on the soccer teams, but you know, it's the closest thing that they have. So they've been monitoring to see how how they are doing it and I think they're they're just not leaking a lot of the, I think they know what they're doing. They have all their plans. They're just you know It sounds like from what I heard, Sean, it sounds like the preseason could potentially go from four games to two and it and sounds the like the, and it sounds, will be played Hall of Fame will be played with no fans. The governor right? of Ohio said that. And it yeah. sounds like that they are at least planning. Yes, they're saying that right now that they are hoping that uh, to have you know fans and this and that, but they are planning that uh, that they may not have fans. Yeah. Uh, also, then, uh, also a couple okay. of other NFL notes before we get to hockey. Yep. Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott's going to sign his franchise tender on Monday. Uh, he did it today. He did it today. He did it today. Okay. $31.4 million, and of course, him and the Cowboys are still negotiating. Uh, frankly, uh, I don't think he's worth the money he's asking for. I don't even think he should be getting paid as much as he is, but that's just my opinion. Uh, also, uh, that's with it, Robert, this, that's being a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Um, also, with all this uh, racial unrest and all this, all of the players – uh, you know, uh, uh, bringing up the uh, whole kneeling thing during the national anthem. Well, Anthony Lynn, who is a black head coach for the L.A. Chargers, has said uh, if he's allowed, he's going to bring Colin Kaepernick in. And, Ro- and for Roger Goodell, Roger yeah. Goodell said he needs he needs to be brought back. And now, of all people, and we're not taking sides. We're not getting it. President Trump. They played a quote on ESPN. He goes, if he's able to play, 
let him come back to the league. He didn't mention anything about that. He said, and yeah, he said well, that. he's the same President Trump who said that any player who uh, didn't uh, who kneeled like that should be uh, let go, and these owners but didn't have any. We're not getting whatever side on that. But and, he, and, he well, and, he, and he covered that last night. He said he's very disappointed that Roger Goodell came out and publicly supported those that want to kneel. You know. Yeah, but well, he also was supported right. Kaepernick coming back. So that's yeah. kind of. Yes. I, I personally, now you, if you talk about just simply playing ability, take out right. political or anything, right. really, Colin Kaepernick is not that good of a quarterback. Not anymore. Not no. anymore. But if he I mean, even his, last, even, his, even, his last co- well, even his last couple of years he was in, he wasn't a good quarterback. No, but no. He, he's no worse than Brian Hoyer and some of these other folks that wander yeah. through the league for five years. No, that, so that, he yeah. should have been getting to do that. I mean, you, know? still, you, you still have quarterbacks like Matt Schaub and a few of these other dudes that, that uh, you know, Matt probably Castle. shouldn't even. Yeah, Matt Castle. Yeah, that shouldn't, Matt Castle. Even, shouldn't even be backups, you know? So, yeah, Josh Weiler. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. A whole bunch so. of them. Now, uh, the uh, Pro Bowl is going to be in Las Vegas in 2021, yes. they tell us, if we yes. get yes. that far. That's the, yes. sort of the last thing on everybody's mind. It always is anyway. Yes. Um, and I don't know if there's any other NFL notes right now. There are not, uh, so let's hit the uh, hockey stuff. Hockey, okay. okay. So uh, Jason Botterill was fired as the Buffalo Sabres general manager. Now, they're one of the eight teams in hockey that is not going to go, or to a six teams Actually, in hockey. Actually, seven. One of the seven. Seven, seven teams in hockey, 31, that's not going to go to the uh, you know the playoffs. And so their, their season is over. They fired him and uh, brought in Kevin Adams. And I read the very beginning of a uh, an article by Kevin Paul Dupont in the in the Globe today, and he was not impressed. He said they're just trying to cut corners, and it's Jack Eichel and a bunch of nobodies is basically what what they got there right now. I, unfortunately, Kim and Terry Pagula, the owners of the Buffalo Sabers and the Buffalo <laughs> Bills, are trying to John Fisher things and uh, do it as cheap as possible. Um, you know, they 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 don't want to pay anybody that they need to pay, and especially with an with an with an NFL NFL franchise, they're not going to be able to get away with that for too long because, uh, as we just discussed with Dak Prescott, uh, some of these positions in the National Football League make lots of money, even though they may or may not deserve it. And look, the Buffalo Sabres have not been good for a number of years, and uh, for them not wanting to pay anybody to do the jobs properly, it's going to be a long time before Western New York sees a winning team in either sport if this continues. So uh, I don't know anything about the dude that uh, they have given the interim tag to, uh, Chris, but from uh, from what I've heard, nobody's, nobody's really familiar with him. They don't know if he knows anything about hockey, so it's going to be interesting to watch and see what happens in Western New York. Yeah, Remember that they that the irony is New Era Field is named you know now they took it away uh, not Ralph Wilson the field stadium which is fine New Era Field in in Buffalo and the idea was we're going to bring you a winner we're you know this is in the football when they came in uh, three or four years ago with a lot of fanfare and uh, so far now the football team you have to say they made the playoffs and they played a good game against Houston before they were not uh, yeah. were eliminated they they may be on the right track and they've got a good chance at this division now with the Patriots without Tom Brady so football they may be doing okay. Okay, but uh, hockey, they've, they've got a long way to go. Yeah, and I, 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 it would not surprise me in the near future, Chris, when the NHL is sort of back to normal and we have a regular season, uh, that Jack Eichel doesn't put his name up for uh, uh, wanting to go elsewhere. He might uh, want to come. He might want to come here. I wouldn't yeah. mind that at all. Well, well he's <laughs> from Boston, I believe. He's from Chelmsford, so, correct? Uh, yeah, yep. yeah. So okay. Um, another another hockey note, Chris, that um, that we need to 
mentioned, apparently they would like to, if not this week, then early next week, they would like to make their hub cities announced right. within the next week or so. Well, I know one of them is supposed to be Las Vegas. They want they want Toronto to be the second one, but I don't know if that's going to be possible. Speaking of Toronto, Austin Matthews. Uh, actually put his name out there and said, I'm one of the players that got the COVID-19 because he's from Arizona. Now, in the U.S., we have the HIPAA laws, which prevent people from finding out names. Uh, That's why it's very unusual that you get names like Austin Matthews or uh, Ezekiel Elliott. But in Canada, apparently, they do not have that. And uh, the Maple Leafs asked him if it would be okay to put his name out there. And he said, no, you don't have to do it. I'll do it myself. So he did. So You know, one of the things, and I just this is not exactly sports related, but it could be. One of the things I was thinking of, which would be a good idea, they should put some PSAs together with younger people who have gotten the virus that are prominent music, music people, sports people, whoever, to talk about masks and social distancing and some of the things they wish they had done differently. Because it's not a comfortable thing to have. Even if you're going to survive, you're still not going to enjoy your, your two no. weeks. Or so now, now Chris, stuff. would you would you say that Rudy Gobert should lead this effort? Yes, he <laughs> should. That would be funny. He can do it in he can do it in English and in French, and that'd be yeah, very that's good. Correct. Yeah. So um, more more hits and misses here around here. The U.S. Open tennis it was announced by Governor Cuomo is going to take place as of now, and everything's as of now because we don't know about bikes or anything else from uh, August 31st through September 14th. Actually, uh, 13th that's Sunday. 13th. Okay. Yeah. But a lot of the bigger name players are having issue with that um, because there is um, a lot of international players in tennis. yeah and a, lo- a right. lot of it, there's a lot of international players they don't know if they're, they're going to be allowed to come into the U.S. Correct. Uh, you know so Depends on what country they're from and also the idea he said you know maybe by that time in New York they could have fans you know a limited number of fans like they're going to do I think one of the things you might have forgotten to mention is they'll have fans at Talladega tomorrow like 5,000 fans well I did, yeah. yeah I did say that and, you and that? the next race Texas Motor Speedway they will have fans but all fans, Texas Motor Speedway said they will be wearing masks. All Correct. fans that will be yeah. at it at the next race. Public accommodation, yeah. Not to, not to break in, but we have some breaking news. We uh, erroneously reported earlier that Brooks Kafka had won the golf tournament. Apparently, CBS Sports has just come across within the last 10 seconds and said a minus 22 is the score winning the tournament, and it is not Brooks Kafka. It is Webb Simpson. Oh, Webb okay. Simpson, yeah, right. it, yeah it, was a, it was going to a playoff, I know. So my oh, okay. Two. All right. Okay. So well, that hap- that came across about well, now about a half a minute ago. Okay. So, so, Sean, one of the interesting things that happened this week is the NBA put out a manifesto or encyclopedia about the procedures, the perks, and so forth for the NBA people going to Orlando. Uh, why don't you tell us what you know about that? All right. Well, and then Perry can fill in what he, you know, a few that he filled in. Okay. First of all, what they will do, uh, there's, they will have no more than 35 people per, uh, per team, of course. Uh, all players will be quarantined, uh, for two days when they get there. They will have, uh, they will be, they will not be allowed to leave. Obviously, they will have concierge service basically to get them whatever they need. Uh, they will have outings to go bowling and other things, uh, also at their hotels. They will play be golf and stuff like that. Yeah, play golf. Uh, a player, if there is a wedding, a funeral, an emergency, something, they can leave for that. But then when they come back, they go into isolation for a couple of days. Uh, also, they they have situations where none of the, you know they can if somebody is bre- you know breaking rules, 
somebody is breaking rules, there is an anonymous hotline that people can call and report that a player is breaking rules. And what's this other one about? What is the part of it? They're talking about having alarms if you go within six feet of each other. I heard that. I don't know how whether that's part of that uh, procedure or what. Well, I think I it, it probably is. Also, they get free streaming to preview Disney, Marvel, uh, Pixar and Fox. 21st Century Fox so they get free streaming of all this stuff uh, access to the events within the parks of course uh, you other people cannot come to visit until after they can have more people if after the first round of the playoffs and it's basically it's a 113 page mandate and those are some of the highlights of yeah that's in the there, reason uh, the families can start to come after the first round is you're going to be down to 16 teams so that leaves room for some people to come for you know each player right. so after the first, yeah you'll be down to eight teams after the first round you'll be down to yeah. eight uh, well no after the first after this uh play-in round it'll be 16 after the first round is after the first round okay so it'd be 18 all right so they have to yeah, wait they didn't come in after once the first they get round, there they'll have to wait two or three weeks before their families yep. can come in no no okay, okay. let's back let's back up a little bit the eight regular season games those are going to be played on various courts and they will be played apparently throughout the day there will be nba basketball throughout the day oh, it's yeah. going to be like that tuesday we used to have in college basketball huh? okay and yeah. in the morning yeah, it's like thursday so yeah. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be like NCAA. Thursday of March Madness, basically. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'll have to and plan some vacation time, get some games yeah. at 10 in the morning and stuff. That would be cool. And, of course, and, what they'll do is they'll do it for television. So what you're going to have is you're going to have people like if the Celtics are playing, they'll play early. If the Lakers are playing, they'll play late. So it'll be like a Christmas day, like a bunch of Christmases, you know, all kind of, you know, how we start at noon and we go to uh, midnight and beyond, you know. So that's kind of what exactly. they're going to do. Yeah. So also um, there's a thing, uh, Perry, maybe you got this or Sean, one of you guys. There's a thing this week that the players who don't want to play, wouldn't call them Okay, country. yeah, that's the other, okay, yeah. And by yeah. June 20, they can go up to three doctors if you think you have a health condition that may interfere with you going you, you can have a go up to get see up to three doctors of your choosing and get it in by like i said uh wednesday, by wednesday the, the end of wednesday the 24th yes and then you can go and you will still be paid if right. you do not want to go and you know for whatever other reason you have until the 25th to decide like Kyrie Irving having whatever concerns he which he wasn't going anyway no and you know that's I think that's kind of died down because some of the players are saying they're going to still go Dwight Howard Avery Bradley are still talking about it. yeah they think they're going to even though they were a little bit outspoken about it but okay and the uh, there's a deadline for this to all be approved by the players correct is it the 24th uh, that's 25th on the- 25th. Um, 25th, 25th Thursday. So right. they, they need to approve this, and I'm sure there'll be a little tweaking of that too. You know, because they're not done to go. They've they've accepted these things in principle. They're a lot better off than baseball. They've accepted, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go to Orlando. We're going to have a center. They, the concepts have been accepted. The exact the, the devil is always in the detail. But now we also uh, any more in the NBA well, that we want to do? Yes. Well, one more thing on the NBA. October 6th is going to be when players have to decide. If they want to go back to college or stay in the NBA draft, the draft, I believe I heard, is on the 18th. 
and the, the players, but the players have to decide by October 6th. So, um, for example, the University of Iowa's Luca Garza is still in mm-hmm. there. So Fran McCaffrey may not know if he has Luca Garza on his team until October 6th. Right. Yep. So now, speaking of the NCAA, we they can start. There were different dates that they gave for the people who are going to start. And never again, all of this is theoretical because of spikes and stuff from fans, and we don't even know. But the theory is, of course, you're going to have some people playing on the 29th of, uh, of August. You're going to have some people playing on the 5th. If you're playing on the, and most people would start around the fifth or maybe a couple of days earlier. You know, we usually have games Thursday and Friday on those weekend too. But I don't know about that. But anyway, uh, for those starting on the fifth, they had some dates: seven thirty, uh, seven thirteen, July thirteenth. They can have summer access. July twenty fourth, they can have meetings, and eight oh seven, they can start practices. Now, one of the things that happened in in, in eight twenty for the eight twenty nine folks, the August twenty ninth uh, people, they those dates would all be a, a week earlier. Now, and the Thursday night games on there, like the third, that would move up a couple days. Right. Now, now the thing is, the UCLA players have signed a petition, and they want a neutral person to come in and make sure that Chip Kelly, who apparently they don't t- trust very much, is going to do the social distancing stuff, not have meetings too big. You know, the practices are okay because you're going to be in all kinds of equipment, and you're wearing a mask already. You're not playing without a helmet. So you're kind of good when the practices, but it's the meetings, it's the film sessions, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can't have the buffets like you did, you know, different things. And they want to make sure that he's going to uh, – you know, follow that kind of stuff. They don't trust him. It's now, the now, am, I, am I incorrect? Didn't Chip Kelly recruit the players? Uh, yes, well, he did. Uh, yeah. At least, I'll bet at least a lot of them he did. So he, the players that he recruited don't trust him. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that is correct. correct. How long have you been? That's a good program. Uh, this will be his third year, Sean. Yeah, third year. That's a good program, though, if, you don't tr- if you're a player and you don't trust your coach. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, that's that's the way it was put in the story that uh, was uh, Lou Maloney founded on, uh, on the show correct, on, on Chris, Friday. That is correct, well, Chris. You, Chris, Chris, you're correct because I read the same story. Yeah, and yeah. I heard the same story with, between that and the Mike Gundy story. Okay. That's going on a lot. So uh, now uh, let's see. So why don't we talk, Perry? Why don't you lead on this one about the Mississippi situation with the flag? Yes, the uh, the SEC put out a statement the other day saying that no SEC championships would be in the state of Mississippi unless they remove the Confederate symbol from the flag. And all it is, it's a little bitty symbol way up in the corner of the flag. It's really. It's, it's visible, I guess, but not really visible. Then following that, the NCAA said, well, as long as the SEC is doing it, no NCAA championship events either. Right. So, not just championship, that, any postseason. That's correct. And not only – remember, that would not only affect Ole Miss and Mississippi State. That also affects Southern Miss. Right. Now, and, the one thing to affects- point out – the one thing to point out is these colleges – they have not flown the, the flag at their events for years, so it's no. You know, they have they not, and and Mississippi in college baseball is one of the few states that has is. had all three of their schools host regionals in the same year multiple times. All three. Oh, and of it, it's very. It's usually Sean. It's it's usually a deal when at least two of the three, if not all three, are not hosting. And Mississippi State is supposed to be hosting a Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight in the next year or two for women's basketball. They're supposed to be hosting. Uh, so we will is, see be, what happens. School. We'll see what and happens all with il- that. All 11 member schools, Division One, Two, and 3, agree with the SEC and the NCAA. Right. So apparently the schools have been trying to get this changed. Right. Correct. And, 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 and I mean, as far as the athletic directors, Keith Carter at Ole Miss, 
John Cohen and Mississippi State, they both put out statements saying, we understand, we agree, but until the legislature does something. Right. And this, you know, is, this is what happened when, remember, this is how Arizona got Martin Luther King Day because yes. sports got involved with, with the Super Bowl. said, you can't, we're not going to do, we'd love to come to Arizona for Super Bowl, but we're not going to do it unless you have. And people at the time, it was a different time, it was 15 years ago, people were like, well, what's that got to do with the Super Bowl? What's that got to do with football? Well, what it is, it, if you think of sports as corporations, we used to say in the 60s and stuff, well, why don't the why don't the corporations ever do anything to, you know, why don't they boycott? Why don't they do some things? Well, this is called social consciousness. So whether you agree with it or not, you know, that's fine. But the point is, it used to be that all the corporations were in bed together and they would all say, oh, well, all right, they're making destructive weapons or they're making napalm. That's fine. We don't, you know, that, that we, can, we can buy palm olive stuff for our bathrooms and our corporation. We don't care, even though they're making napalm. Well, that's not the way it is anymore. Some of, some of these are getting in. Some of it's lip service, you know, uh, Black, Black Lives Matter by... Uh, Amazon. Well, how, how, in what way? What does that mean they're going to do about it? You know, maybe they donate to somebody, but does that mean they're going to change any hiring policies or any, any things within their workplace that might not be the best? Well, we don't know. That's when the rubber meets the road. But this is what sports is doing, getting more and more activist as far as this kind of stuff is concerned. Then we have another thing. We have a couple more of these kinds of things that we need to do. We have Florida and uh, the issue with Florida and gator bait. Okay. So why don't you talk about that, Sean? All right, what happened? They do a Gator Bait chant, uh, fight song with Florida, and this started with defensive back uh, Lawrence Wright in 1995, who they beat Florida State. He said, if you're out of Florida, you're Gator Bait. So they started this chant. But the, he, the origins of Gator Bait go back to the late 1890s and 1900s, where in Florida they would refer to the black babies as alligator bait. And it goes back to that. Now, Lawrence Wright is against. He's not happy with Mike Norvell and the folks at Florida because he said, hey, I came up with this phrase uh, and the chant. Why are you removing this? So, you know, he's he's not happy about this. And, Perry, but, didn't, you, didn't you say Gator Bait was part of their website? At one time, it, I don't know if it still is, but GatorBait.com. I don't think it is, com. but it was at one yeah. time, and it was their yeah. chant, but, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. I think the other thing we need to talk about, we are having a couple of statues removed from ballparks. We have George Preston Marshall, who is a total racist. That's where the name Redskins, you know, they, they've managed to keep the name Redskins, but he was a total racist to even come up with it. He didn't want to do the do the Red Sox. We did Redskins, was, which, you know, he was he could, the last. He could have been the Boston, the you know, they almost were like the, the Boston, you know, there were New York Yankees in the NFL back then. He was almost the Boston Red Sox and the, maybe the Washington Red Sox when they would have moved out, but he, he didn't want to do that. or So he went with Redskins, and of course, there was a whole, they were the last team to integrate with Bobby Mitchell. We had that, that mentioned him when he died the other day. We mentioned his trade in 62 to Washington. And so that was the last uh, player that really, in any sport that has a significant number of black folks, he was, they were the last team to integrate. The Red Sox had done it three years earlier. The NBA, of course, had far gone down the road. And even hockey with Willie O'Ree had uh, the only uh, black player in 1960. Right. So, you know, it was really, they were the laughing stock of sports as far as that was concerned. You know, and, and he was doing it probably as the, you know, and there were there were pressures in St. Louis not to bring people into the Cardinals, too, because of the, the atmosphere there. But then the other guy, Calvin Griffith of the Minnesota Twins, uh, had, who, of course, that was an old Washington team, too, the Washington Senators. He and his father owned it. Anyhow, he made some racial remark at a speech in 1978. So they're taking his statue out of the uh, out of Target Field, and they're taking the uh, George Preston Marshall out of, uh, you know, the Washington uh, Redskins. FedEx Field now. FedEx now, or wherever yeah. it is. In the, it used to be 
RFK. Yes, no, I know that. But what I'm saying. Well, no, the statue's still at RFK. It's not at that. Oh, it's at RFK? Yeah. Yeah, the statue's still at RFK. They never moved it over. Well, they're going to take it out of there. Take it out of there, do something. So I think we covered all the. Is there anything else before we get to the death that we need to get in the Potpourri of We do have a hand. Okay. Okay. Bill in Chicago, go ahead. Yeah, real quick, you're mentioning all the statues. What was it, a year or two ago? Remember they covered the Kate Smith statue because she sang the song and she did some racist songs? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I, I think that started two years ago. Yeah, I think there needs to be. I mean, this George Preston Marshall, uh, you know, I, I, it's not a one-time thing. He was systematically racist. I think somebody like Kate Smith, a lot of people sang a lot of things back in those days. And oh, I think yeah, that's a little different. Yeah, we're having that debate with the eyes of Texas right. here, the different athletes, but that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Okay. Good. All right. Yeah. So we have six deaths to go through, and then we'll do our This Day in History as we approach the 9 o'clock hour in the East. First death we have is Dick Garmaker. Now, this guy, I should know this guy because I was following basketball back then, but this name did not ring a bell, but he was uh, in the league when I started in about 57. Played for the Minneapolis Lakers from 54 through 60, so he did not, I guess 60-61 was when they went to L.A., if I'm not mistaken. Then he didn't go. He went to the Knicks in 60 and 61, and he was uh, he was on four All-Star games, uh, All-Star teams, 57 through 60 with the Lakers. He had 5,597 points. 1748 rebounds, and he had 11-14 in assists, and he was a shooting guard. So that's Dick Garmaker. Number two, we have Mike McCormick. And all right, well, I'm going to get this out of the way right away. I'll, I'll, I'll let Robert talk for a minute, too, about it. But we had an erroneous report that was seen around the Internet that he had died at 67. However, he actually died at 81. So a key mistake was made somewhere along the Internet, and it got, uh, you know, one of the things you can do if you make a mistake, it can go, go viral just like uh, good information so Robert had reported erroneously that it was 67, turned out to be 81. We got it straight, and, of course, it made no sense to those of us who are older because we remembered him pitching in the late 50s, so being 67 wouldn't have made a whole. But it's just one of these things where uh, basically you can't believe everything you see on the Internet. Some of these people are in a hurry to get things out faster. Now, what the deal, why it was 67, is and you'll hear this, that he won the Cy Young in 67 in the National League, and he had his most wins in 67. So somebody saw 67, oh, that must be his age, put it out there, and now. That was it. So, you know. Uh, well, and the problem was, Chris, uh, uh, for those that don't know, on our phone system during the week, we gather all this stuff so we can talk about it on Sunday night. And so we, we, we put all the stuff in our boxes so we can go over things. And yeah. and so when they were, when, uh, when Bleacher Report and uh, Major League Baseball and others reported this, they all said 67. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I, I was born in 64, so I had no idea that this was, you know, a fatal error. Uh, and like I pointed out then, and I'm going to point out here, when you're in sports media, when you cover a sport like baseball for a living, when somebody dies, please get your information correct, because it took us, what, two days to get it straightened out. About here. a day. We we got it. We knew we, yeah. a couple of us, Edwin, our friend Edwin came in, and I came in and said that couldn't be true. And then David yeah. USF, our regular death guy, uh, got it right. So let me tell you about Mike McCormick and his real career. He was born, and we even have his birthday. We're so cool at the time. Yeah. He was born 92938. So there you go. Yeah. And he 
and oh. debuted in uh, on nine oh three fifty six uh, for the Giants as a a seventeen year old. He was one of the. Remember last week we talked about Joe Nuxall pitching at uh, fifteen or fourteen, whatever he was. But this guy was seventeen. That that was unusual. He was a bonus Wasn't, baby. Wasn't uh, McCormick one of the one of the bonus babies, yes, Chris? He would have been. Yeah, okay. uh, right. He was uh, he was he was seventeen. as a left handed pitcher. He pitched for the New York and San Francisco Giants from fifty six through sixty two. The Baltimore Orioles sixty three and sixty four. The Washington Senators in sixty five and sixty six. And then back to San Francisco sixty seven through seventy. And then for the Yankees nine games in seventy and four with Kansas City in seventy one. He was a four All Stars, but that's deceiving. He was an All Star in sixty and an All Star in sixty one. But in those years there were two All Star games. So they, they say he's a four time All Star. When you look at people like Willie Mays and you see extra more years than he actually played as an All Star or Mickey Mantle or whatever, it's because of these extra games. They say, oh, four time All Star. It says here, but those are the two in sixty and sixty one. Uh, they played two games, so that's you yeah. know how that happened. Uh, he won the Cy Young in sixty seven, as I said, and most wins in sixty seven. Uh, in the ERA, he led in sixty. Uh, uh, in the ERA in the National League in 1960 for the Giants. His career record wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. 134-128. He's always seemed to be a pretty good pitcher to me. 3.73 ERA, 1,321 strikeouts, uh, 12 saves, and uh, there were 333 out of uh, 484 games he started. He was mostly a starter, so he started like three-quarters of the time. In hitting, he uh, had 115 out of 738. He, we didn't get a batting average. It was one-something is what that was. He had seven home runs and 39 RBIs, and he hit the 500th home run that a pitcher has ever hit in the major league league. And he gave up the 500th home run to Henry Aaron. So what he did was he took the number 500, put it on, you know, that was like his key number. So, um, and that, I believe that he put that on his license plate, if I remember yeah. correctly, Chris. Yeah. He went into uh, finance, and then he started to uh, sell like copier, copying machines and office machines, and then he retired uh, in '02. So, and uh, he had he died of Parkinson's disease. And one of the things I want to say is there must have been a big trade, and I don't know all the ramifications between San Francisco and Baltimore from '62 through '63. Interleague trading didn't really start. People would be sold sometimes, but they wouldn't be traded uh, until about 1958-59. You started to get interleague trade. In the offseason, it couldn't be done. There was a certain period you had to do it, a couple of months in the offseason. Well, Baltimore got Stu Miller from the Giants. They also got uh, Mike McCormick. I think Billy O'Dell may have gone the other way, back to the uh, back to the Giants from the Orioles, another pitcher. Either way, that was before the 63 season. So that was, uh, you know, uh, sort of a big uh, – you know, a big trade must have occurred. The next guy we have here is Jerry Sturm, S-T-U-R-M. He was an offensive lineman, 83 years old. He was born in English, Indiana, it says here. So there you go. He played for the uh, for Illinois, and he was uh, he, he went played then in Canada for a while, played for Saskatchewan from 58 in 58, Calgary in 59 and 60. Then the Denver Broncos, of course, the AFL had come in 61 through 66. New Orleans, he was an original New Orleans Saint in 67 through 70, and then uh, then Houston in 71, and then, uh, let's see, in, and then he played in 72 for Philadelphia, I think one game. He played all three offensive linemen positions. He was a center, he was a tackle and a guard. He was a two-time AFL All-Star in 64 and 66, and uh, he thwarted an attempt to fix a game. He was a center, of course, and that meant he could be he could throw it over the quarterback's head. He could snap badly for the extra points or field goals or whatever. So he was a good that was a good person to contact. Some friend of his, a former friend, contacted him, and he turned it over to his coach, who turned it over to the NFL, who turned it over to the FBI, 
die and they, they cracked the plot. There had been another attempt to, to fix a game and he was offered 100000 to do that. He was only uh, making uh, 130. How many people would have turned that down nowadays? We don't have as much honor in the world as we used to. Right. Uh, so then... Uh, there had been another uh, try to fix a game, they said, against Chicago and the uh, Chicago Bears and the Giants in 46, the championship game, and the Bears won at 24-14, but that uh, was foiled before the game. And uh, let's see, and so there you go. Uh, so that, that was it on him. But that was pretty interesting about throwing the game. I don't remember that story. We then have Pat Stark, 90 years old, quarterback for Syracuse from 50 through 53. Then he was a uh, basketball player as well at Syracuse, 51 through 53. You used to see more of that. People would play a couple of sports, but now so exclusive. You don't want an injury on the basketball court to knock you out of football or whatever. Uh, he was, uh, let's see, what do we got? He, he was uh, drafted 50, in 54 by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he never played for the NFL. Back then, the NFL money wasn't, he was drafted in the second round, but back, back then, the NFL money wasn't that good. So there's were guys who said, ah, I'm not going to bother. Uh, you know, it was, it was thought of as a second-rate league at that time. So he was assistant coach at Rhode Island from 60 through 62, an assistant at Harvard, 63 through 68, the head of the University of Rochester from 69 through 83 as a head coach. He was 69, 64, and 3. So there you go with him. And I think we got um, oh, well, Bill. I think we have one more. We have, yes, one more. Two more. Two Bill more. Roman. And this guy, I remember him, but this is a strange, some strange statistics for him. He was 83. He played for the Houston Oilers from 60 through 62, then the Denver Broncos in 63, Buffalo five games in 64, and Buffalo again five games in 65. And But he was a four-time All-Star, 60 and 61, you can understand, but then it says 64 and 65. Now, if he only played five games, I mean, unless everybody thought he was wonderful and he got hurt at the wrong time or whatever, because he had a wonderful rookie year. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he also... Um, was a four-time AFL champion. The Oilers won at the first two years of the AFL's existence, and the Bills won in 1661, and the Bills won it in 64 and 65. So he was a four-time AFL champion uh, with all that, even though he didn't play uh, that much. Uh, he played in 66 games, 174 receptions for 3,481 yards, 36 touchdowns receiving, one rushing touchdown, and one passing touchdown. And uh, and more, he had more yards in the history. He was uh, the highest ever rookie AFL player uh, of uh, AFL yards uh, in 1960 or 1471. Well, you see what a good year he had that year. The rest of his career was 3481, so he must have been injured a lot. 1473 out of 34, whatever, in that one year right. in 60. So he was a big reason, I think, that the, uh, that the Oilers won. And now the last one is somebody that people will be more uh, familiar with and, Jim Kick. and we do have we do have a hand, we do have a hand so for for our hand that is raised we will get to you in just a second yeah as, okay, soon as, we, ahead, as soon as we cover jim kick here jim kick died at 73 years old he played for the miami dolphins from 68 through 74 the memphis south men in 75 and the wfl and then he went to the denver broncos 76 and 77 he has two super bowl rings of course and was part of the 17 and 0 miami dolphins of don shula that we talked about the, a few weeks another ago another one that won't be toasting no, yes, that's right. Another one. And he was, he, of course, you had him and Larry Zonka and, you know, Jim, uh, Jim Kick were the three. They were like a triple threat back. Uh, yeah, Mercury Morris, Larry Zonka, Jim Kick. And, you know, the thing was, and they, they called him Sundance. And I uh, no, how did it go? He was Butch Cassidy, I guess, and um, and Larry Zonka was a Sundance kid. They they yeah. were uh, you know uh, paired together. And but the thing is that was I I can't remember three better running backs on a team. We've had two plenty of times, but I don't know if you ever 
had three. Uh, so uh, that that was pretty cool. Uh, let's see. So he had 4,221 yards rushing, 38 touchdowns rushing, 2,561 yards receiving, and five touchdowns receiving, 15 uh, fumbles and five fumble recoveries. Uh, and he's two for three passing, pretty cool. And he, and he, in the eleven playoff games, four hundred seventy-one rushing yards and six touchdowns. And he uh, passed away from dementia. So I guess we can take that phone call before we go to our history. Uh, okay, yeah. let's do it now. Uh, I'm going to guess. Is this uh, David? It's me. Hey, Come David. Hey, David. Here go our, ahead. Here is our here is our harbinger of death. He comes in with all. Yeah. He's the guy. You're finally hearing him on the air. He's the guy who comes up with all this stuff that I read every week. And uh, yeah. and uh, thank you, David. Anyway, what's and up, David? We want to publicly thank you for all the yeah. hard work you do for us. Right. Not yeah. a problem. My pleasure. My pleasure. I I wanted to say that uh, regarding the uh, Mississippi State flag, it's not really a really s- small emblem. The Confederate symbol. You know, um, it was mentioned that was it was it only took up a small portion of the flag. Uh, you know, or a tiny portion. At least yeah. that, that's what I heard. Uh, yep. It takes up about it takes up about uh, say about. 25% of, of the flag in the upper yeah. left-hand corner. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it is a minor feature, but it's not really yep. that tiny. Okay. That's all no, I it's not. Say, no, so. that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. David, by the way, uh, does have vision, so he's, he's, he sometimes comes in with these kinds of facts. We, we don't always know because we don't see these things. So this is very helpful to but, us. Thanks a lot. Yeah, right, right. And, 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 and when someone, you know, and I, I went, David, by what someone was describing to me, so thanks for correcting that. And I thought you were coming in with the other death that I just saw come across, too. That, oh, the other one. Oh, there's another, another one? one? Well, we'll be ready for it next week. We'll, we'll hop right on it. We'll get yeah. it for you. Who is it, Sean? Right. <laughs> well, it's Max Turf. All right, real quick. We don't have all stats. David USF no, doesn't no. have any. We'll yet, get it next Max week. Turf from, Max Turf from USC. He's 26. He played for the Chargers. Okay. Max Turf. Max yeah, Turf. Yeah, um, yeah, I saw that. He was on the uh, the roster, but only played in one NFL game. So just Oh, well, he's yeah. not. We may, there, we, may, so. we may turf. And they don't Max. know the cause of death. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll we'll see how that goes. We'll we'll figure that out now during okay. the week. Anyway, thank right, thank you again, David. Thank you, David, Good for job. calling in. And uh, David USF USF means right. ultimate you, sports fan. That's yeah. what you it stands. You finally for. heard his voice, and David yeah, USF is one of the originators, along with uh, John from Northern California, John from Selmar, of all these football contests that you see. You can take the two of them. Yeah. yeah. Now, David is a real big help to us, and we appreciate all the work that he does. We totally do, yeah. Right. Thank okay. you. Great show, guys. Great show. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, David. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we got some history for you. June 15th. We Now, we didn't get into all the opens. They, they were, every day had some opens, uh, one. And, a lot of know, opens. A lot of opens. What they used to, just for a little background, they used to end them on Saturday, and then in case there was an 18-hole playoff, they could have that on Sunday. That's how the U.S. Open used to work. About 57 or 8, they stopped doing it that way, and you'd go to the Monday playoff, uh, like other tournaments. So just the dates would be a little uh, thrown off. But on June 15th, many times nowadays, of course, it ends on Father's Day, and that would be... They've done that since 1974. Oh, okay. That late. Well, it's now Father's Day. People watch it. Oh, and I I just have to say this. Perry, do you realize that right now we should be getting Red Sox Cubs scores from Wrigley Field? That is correct. That's who we've been playing tonight. Yeah, that's correct. We've been playing tonight, but we're not getting them. So Shelly doesn't have to do anything. Shelly is uh, getting a rest. We don't need her to come in and give us scores. And, and Chris, we won't have Red Sox Cubs score this year because they will never play oh. unless it's in the World Series. That's, That's correct. Well, that'd be all right. We can do that. Okay, so the history, June 15th, eight U.S. Opens. Uh, and, but the first thing we have, Johnny Vandermeer pitched his second no-hitter. Remember, we talked about him pitching uh, for the Reds. He pitched his first one and two consecutive no-hitters. This was also uh, in Brooklyn at Ebbets Field and the first night game ever played there by the Dodgers. So that was pretty cool. In 63, Juan Marichal pitched one against Houston for, for the Giants. 
In they were the Colt 45s back then. That's yep. right. In 76, uh, we, we had a rain out at the Astrodome because of flooding. Nobody could get there. I mean, the Astrodome was not leaking or anything, but nobody could get to the park because of the, the weather. In 01, we had the Lakers beat Philadelphia four games to one to win uh, that title. They won three in a row, uh, 0, 0, 1, 0, 2, and that was the middle one on that. In 03, San Antonio beat New Jersey four games to two. In, um, hang on, 14, we had San Antonio beat Miami. San Antonio beating Miami when LeBron was still uh, struggling to get a championship. He, he's, LeBron's, his, last, LeBron's last Miami year. That's yes, right. Then he went to Cleveland. He picked off that one in Cleveland. But, you know, what? for a guy who's been in the finals as much as he has, he hasn't won. He's a little more, uh, let's put it this way, he's a little more like uh, Jerry West than he is uh, Bill uh, Russell. LeBron James is currently 3-6 and six in NBA finals. Right. The NBA, I mean, and the 3 championship was David Robinson's last game. Okay. All right. But that's the thing. You know, he's 3-6. and six. I mean, Jerry, poor Jerry West never got one. He deserved, you know, he's just on the wrong wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, I don't think and he was there. And remember the year before 72. Miami had beat, Miami had beat San Antonio in 13. Yes, they and did. So they beat, yes, one of the ones he got. Favor and, and Kawhi Leonard was the big star in that one. Yeah, yeah great star in that In 2011, the Bruins beat Vancouver four games to three. It was kind of a lopsided. I think it was like 5 nothing in the seventh uh, game. It, was, it ended up being 6-1, to one, Chris. 6-1. to one, And yeah. the Bruins had, you know, basically had that one uh, in the bag. But that was a, a very good series, some overtimes. And, you know, it was a good a good series. But the Bruins did win it in 11. In 15, the Chicago Blackhawks beat Tampa Bay four games to two to win their second Stanley Cup in, in this era. Then so we what? had a, a, a little bit of a bogus record uh, record that I found out about uh, on MLB yeah, Radio. Yeah, we talk about this. <laughs> Ichiro Suzuki got a, got a hit in the first uh, inning of a game with Miami at San Diego uh, on the 15th on Wednesday afternoon. He had uh, 2,978 hits at that time. I think he did get over 3,000 in the yes, major leagues eventually. Yes, he did. So he 2,978 hits. But what they did to just as a gimmick, they combined his hits in Japan with his hits in this country, and they said that he therefore had 4,456 hits uh, passing 4, Pete Rose. 4,256, uh, 4, All right. Either way, that was the number. Uh, that day he passed Pete Rose if you combine the numbers. But when you do that, that's like when they combine the wins for the uh, – uh, you know, uh, the Yukon uh, women, uh, you know, they, they were saying that was the same record with the UCLA men, which is a different sport. I mean, you just can't do these things. It, it was it was bogus, but it did happen that day and, you know, it should be mentioned. Another thing that happened in 76, and this is went back when we had a real commissioner, uh, Bowie Kuhn, and people kind of made fun of him, silly name, whatever, who, who the heck is this guy? But um, Charlie Finley, owner of the oh A's, my, oh my God. wanted to sell uh, Joe Rudy and Raleigh Fingers to the Red Sox and Vita Blue to the Yankees. And the Red Sox, Yankees, and A's all agreed on this because free agency was coming. They knew at the end of the year these guys would be free agents. They'd be going wherever, and, you know, he wasn't going to get anything for them. So he was going to get some money. He wasn't going to get any players with it. Bowie Kuhn stopped it. He said, no, this isn't what we do here. You can't do that. And, of course, the, he, of course, didn't uh, ultimately prevail because the next, the next year you should have seen the Oakland A's of 77. They had oh, no please. resemblance to the Oakland A's of 76. They were, oh, they were just a bunch of I, I, poor Manny Sanguian. Ended up there. I don't know how that happened, but he ended um, up there. Poor guy. That is a very famous trade, Chris. Uh, the A's acquired Manny Sanguin from the Pittsburgh Pirates from manager Chuck Tanner. That's right. Oh yeah. man, that was that was a bad. You know, yeah. poor 
Manny. Uh, I felt bad for him. Uh, Everybody else was a rookie or, or, you know, they were guys that did get to be good later, some pitchers and stuff. And uh, Mitchell Page was a pretty good player, but there wasn't anything compared, you know, uh, compared trust, to all the. Trust me, as an A's fan, the, the worst three years in Oakland A's history are 77, 78, and 79. They're, right. Those were some bad years. And Billy Ball came along and revived the franchise. That's right. Ugh. Okay, so we moved to June 16th, and that was uh, up to now. Of course, it's going to be uh, far earlier, but the, at that time, it was the latest Preakness in 1945 was uh, run. Polynesia won. And that was because of World War II. Because of World War II. Eleven U.S. Opens were decided on the 16th of June, and uh, Ben Hogan, uh, we have some highlight. Ben Hogan won it in 51, uh, the second year in a row. We talked about his uh, win in uh, 50. Lee Trevino won it in 68. Uh, Tiger in 02 and 08. I guess, yes, in 08. That's right. That was his last major until the Masters yeah. last year. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Right. That's correct. Uh, uh, let's see. And Gary uh, Woodland in 19. Uh, Tom Seaver pitched a no-hitter against the uh, – uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, he didn't, of course, pitch it for the Mets. They've only had the one no-hitter uh, by uh, Santana that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. But he pitched it uh, for the Reds in 78. I don't think we have uh, who he pitched it against. The Chicago Bulls won there when they got back, when Michael came back and they won, started to win their last three. The first one was against Seattle, and they won that uh, in 15, uh, you know, uh, I mean, in, in 96. Yeah, and in 2015, Golden State beat Cleveland. I think that was, was that four games to none, I think? Uh, yeah, yes, it was. That was, yeah, the, that was the very, that was the very first Warrior Championship team. And that was after LeBron's 75, return to Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the new era. That was after yeah, 75. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay, June 17th, a date which everybody will remember. In, in, uh, not necessarily. There were 11 Opens decided. It wasn't for the Opens. Uh, nope. Jack Nicholas won it in 62 in a playoff at Oakmont the Club in, in Pittsburgh over I Arnold Palmer. I believe that Palmer. was against Arnold Palmer, wasn't it? It was. It was. Yeah, Arnold it was. Palmer. All right. Yep. And then in 73, uh, Johnny Miller won his first U.S. Open again at Oakmont. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have, uh, let's see. And uh, 18, it was uh, Brooks Kepka that we yep. uh, mentioned what earlier. Second of a back back. That was a back to back for him. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. And then we have to tell a little story here. In 1976, uh, the NBA invited four teams into the ABA. Uh, the, uh, the NBA invited four ABA teams into the NBA, and they were the at that time New York Nets, who became the New Jersey Nets, San Antonio Spurs, Indiana Pacers, and um, uh, who's the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets. That's right. And so what happened was there were some uh, disgruntled ABA folks. Uh, one being the St. Louis Spirit, they didn't want to really go to St. Louis, but St. Louis said we would have moved to Utah. But they had only just gotten into the ABA. I think a couple years before, sort of junior partners, I think, yeah. that was part of it. The other problem was the Kentucky Colonels. Well, they bought off the owner of the Kentucky Colonels, John Y. Brown. They gave him a part of the Buffalo Braves. There was this guy in, uh, who already owned part of it, Harry Mangurian. We'll get, to, we'll tell the story here in a minute. Uh, he was, he owned the Buffalo Braves. So for the 76, 77 and 77, 78 season, they owned the Buffalo Braves together. Well, the Buffalo Braves, they wanted to move out of there and go uh, to San Diego, but That's they, did, but they didn't want, uh, but those owners didn't want to do that. Uh, Mangorian was a Western New York guy. He didn't, he didn't support it. John Y. Brown's an Eastern guy, you know, Kentucky. So he didn't particularly want to own a team in San Diego, but Irv Levin who owned the Celtics did want to own a team in San Diego. We called him Irv 
the swerve after this. So he, they traded franchises. Basically, John Y. Brown and Harry Mangurian came here as owners of the Celtics, and they flipped about three or four players. Sidney Wicks and Curtis Rowe, who were doing nothing here, were sent out to L.A. or to San Diego to be with Irv Levin. We got Tiny Archibald. Now, that's yep. a good thing to do. That was And that helped in our you know championship run when Larry Bird and everybody came in. So that was the first piece of that uh, that we got there. And but it was it was really, we, we have a, uh, really, when you look at the Celtics, they're the old Buffalo Braves, and when you look at the Clippers, they're the old Celtics, if you yep. go in the, you and, know. And this came because the New York Nets wanted in, and they, they said, let us in, or we, we would trade Dr. J to the 76ers, because they were going to take Kentucky. Kentucky was in, but the right. Nets worked their way in by saying, we'll trade. And an interesting thing about the St. Louis Spirits deal, the Spirits held out, and up to this day, their family, they still get one-seventh of San Antonio, Indiana, the Nets, and Denver's national TV money because back then it wasn't really much national TV money. So right. they signed off and said, yeah, we'll give you one-seventh. So, and go to For like 50 years or something, I think? Yeah. Is it 50 years? Yeah, 50 years. So it's almost 50 over. Years and, yeah. and you but, go into the but that means they get four-seven. When you look at that, that's four-sevenths of a share. That's like a 57% share because you're getting four one-sevenths of the thing. So you're getting right. the, almost, yeah, right. almost like a 57% ownership in the team for the money you're getting, you know? Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. cool. Now, the big thing that happened, and the most memorable thing on June 17th, was the Bronco chase with O.J. Simpson, with Al Collings driving along in that Bronco, and they put the uh, Houston uh, Knicks basketball game uh, in game the corner of the screen, and they enlarged yep. the Bronco chase, and you had, um, who'd, who'd you have? Tom Brokaw Tom doing Brokaw. play-by-play. Yeah, Tom the, Brokaw the covering. And then, yeah. Bob Costas was doing it, too. He was yep. watching it, and of course, Bob had worked with O.J. They were friends. He had worked with him on, on NFL uh, pregame in, uh, you know, in NBC for years. Years. Yeah, so, I wish you had been on NFL Live. Yeah, NFL Live. Yep. And then, uh, so that was going on. Of course, they finally caught him, and uh, the rest is history. We know what happened. That's correct, yeah. In 08, the Celtics beat the Lakers four games two and blew them out in that game, won their uh, championship of this era in uh, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. Then the Lakers turned around and beat the Celtics four games to three in 2010 after Kendrick Perkins got hurt. We don't know what would have happened, but I think that that And that was, co- that, I believe that was Kobe's last championship, correct? Yes, it was. It was, it yeah. was. yep. And, and, yeah, okay, go ahead, Sean. Well, I was going to say, also, getting back to 94, they went through a couple of other things that happened that day in 94. Arnold Palmer played his final U.S. Open round right. because he did not make the cut. Yeah. And the World Cup soccer is the only World Cup soccer hosted in the United States to this date, which they're going to be hosting one in 26 with U.S., Canada, and Mexico, but they had the opening ceremonies and the first game at Soldier Field in 94. Right. Okay, yeah, I remember that World Cup. I remember being, uh, went to Chicago for the uh, convention that year, the ACB convention, and uh, my friend Rick and I watching a game from uh, from uh, Foxborough, uh, you know, in the old Foxborough Stadium on our TV at 11 in the morning or whatever. Okay, then Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. hit his 30th home run that day, and it was yes, the first did. since Ruth to hit uh, 30 home runs before the end of June. But that meant Ruth really did it. See, these kind of, those kind of records are goofy, because now you start like April 1st or March 28th or something, and those right. kind of records mean nothing when you used to start April 18th. Uh, Ruth really went crazy to do that by the end of June. So, uh, you know, but either way, Ken Griffey did that. So we move on to the 18th of June, and we have in 67, uh, Don Wilson pitched a no-hitter, beating the Braves Houston, for the Houston Astros. Um, and 14, Clayton Kershaw, they broadcast that one on uh, on Sirius XM the other day with uh, Ben Scully doing the first three innings and Charlie Siner and Rick Mundy, the last six. Clayton Kershaw pitched a no-hitter against Colorado in 2014. In uh, 13, uh, 13 opens were decided on that date. Uh, in 60, Arnold Palmer won his uh 
uh, he came from 15th place to win on that Saturday, all the at way the from yeah, place the beginning to win of the day, it. he was 15th place. Yeah, yeah. The the round. Ar- Arnold's Army. That's what they used to call it. And you know, he'd, he'd make Arnie these charges. Jackson. He was amazing. He'd get really hot. Jack Nicklaus won it in 67, and then another one in 72, and then Curtis Strange won his second of back-to-backs in 89 on that day, and then uh, Bruce Kep- uh, Brooks Kepka, who we mentioned earlier again, won his first one in 17, 17 and right. 18. The back-to-back goes back. Right. Yep. June 19th. In 1880, 1867, the first uh, Belmont Stakes was run. So that's the, that until, yeah, the late, well, yeah, the first one was run. That was always going to be the but, first one. But the, the, latest, but the one latest But the latest one ever. It was so the latest said. and the first one in and, and yeah. 1867. So we have had, I think, more Belmonts and Derbies. But anyway, Ruthless, so. Ruthless was the horse that won that one. Okay. Uh, Jack Fleck in 1955 won the U.S. Open and breaking uh, Ben Hogan's streak. In 05, it was uh, Mike Campbell. Campbell, whoever he may be, be Tiger Woods, you know, one of those things, you know, anybody can win on a given day. On uh, 11, more, Rory McIlroy won the, won the Open, and then mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson in 16 won the Open, and in 99, Dallas beat Buffalo four games to two to win the Stanley Cup, and I guess that was his disputed overtime. goal. And uh, that, was know, a very controversial, that was a very controversial goal had the instant replay been in effect. Uh, that game would have continued because the yeah. goal would not have counted. I remember so. being up for that game, and it was like, a, I think, about 2.30 in the morning when that was a Sunday morning. I think it was like 2.30 in the morning Eastern time when that finally ended. And, and that, was scored, that, that was scored that, by Hall of Famer Brett, Brett, Brett Hall, Hall, by the way. Brett Hall, I, yeah. was in, I was in Dallas that Tuesday that they had the parade, the victory parade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 06, yeah. Carolina beat Edmonton four games to three. The one uh, Stanley Cup winner, the Chuck Caton, got to call. And looking back, that's, uh, you know, uh, the way he was done later on is very sad, but he got to yes. call that. And they won uh, the seventh game against Edmonton. In 2000, the Lakers beat Indiana four games to two. In 86, Len Bias died. Now, he had been drafted yes. second by the Celtics. He was a power forward. They, they thought sort of a Larry Bird. He was a wonderful passer. He was going to fit right in with Larry Bird, take over for Larry in a few years. Of course, Larry had the bad back we didn't know about yet. But Len Bias died, of course, of cocaine abuse. It was a heart attack, You know, but a 22-year-old kid, how can that be? What well, was cocaine abuse? And uh, Lefty Drizel, longtime coach of Maryland, where he had played, lost his job because of it. Because they said, how did you not know that this guy was on cocaine? So the Celtic, that started the Celtic bad luck. We had yep. the death of Len Bias, then Reggie, Reggie Lewis, who was a fine player from Northeastern. Well, and that was the that was the quote unquote eighty six eighty six disaster draft because you had the Roy Tarpley situation, Len yep. Bias. Yep. Yep. it was. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and and so uh, you, but you had then the next year they got Reggie Lewis, but he of course died again, uh, probably of drugs in in ninety three. So it just was uh, that they put the Celtics behind the eight ball for for quite a number of years. But well, uh, that was really sad because that guy was that you know people never said he was a bad guy. He he got a Addicted. Nobody said he was a, a, a jerk or anything like that. He no, just, you watch uh, the watch the thirty for thirty on there, and you know, of course, they try to say that it was the first time he ever did cocaine, yeah. but others were. Well, and, yeah. uh, Okay, June 20th, we came up with a couple of these. Saturdays and Sundays are not easy to do because Sean doesn't have the show that he gets them from. But in 1960, Floyd Patterson beat Ingemar Johansson to win the world championship back uh, for the heavyweight world championship. And I think he was the first guy to win it back, if I'm thinking uh, of this I, right. I believe, I believe you are correct because in 1959, of course, Johansson beat Patterson, and then they had the rematch. And both of those fights, I believe, took took place in Yankee Stadium. Now, no, it was actually polo grounds, I found po- out from oh, Polo ground, okay. Well, this is how boxing has changed. You used to have big stadiums that would yeah. hold these fights. And now, and now, of course, here in the U.S., we don't do that. In Britain, they still do, but not in the United States. 
Okay, and on on uh, in 2015, Max Scherzer. They had this uh, on last night. Max Scherzer pitched a no hitter against uh, the Pirates for the Washington uh, Nationals. And in '88, Curtis Strange won the U.S. Open, and I remember that. That was against Faldo. It might have been a three-way playoff, but I know he. And that was no the first pitch. was back back. Yeah, the, the first was back back, and that was uh, here at the the Country Club. That's where the, all the trouble started in '99 with the Ryder Cup, and they've never come back since. They used the excuse that they don't oh, have enough parking. Yeah, that's right. Yep, but, I remember uh, they that. Never come back. Used to come every 25 years because Francis Wimet was the first amateur to ever win the Open in 13. So they came in 38, they came in 63, and they came in 88, but they did not come back in 2013. They used uh, parking, but it may have been because of the Ryder Cup. I don't know. But uh, either way, um, they have not been back here since. And they, you know, we do have a tournament in the area. You know, they do the thing down in um, uh, oh, I forget what town, but you know, down by near Foxborough, there's a there's a you know they they play uh, you know around Labor Day. But either way, they haven't been back here. But he won that that uh, tournament, and I know he beat Nick Faldo in the playoffs. I think there was somebody else. I think there was a three way playoff that they did, and one of the last eighteen hole uh, playoffs. And June twenty first, the last thing we got uh, is Jim Bunning. Father's Day as it is today, uh, June twenty first, Jim Bunning pitched a perfect game against the Mets. Uh, in uh, the second game of the doubleheader in Shea Stadium, and uh, I know that was, Jerry 19, that was in 1964. 1964, correct. Yep. The first year of Shea Stadium. So that is it that I have. Anything else we got to do here? No. Does anybody else have any? Go ahead, go ahead, Sean. Hit okay. the wrap up. Don't have any callers, so I guess. Well, hopefully next week when we come back, we will have some actual, a little more exciting news about some more sports returning. Hope maybe baseball will get their head together and. You know, who knows what will happen. We'll see who tested positive for what and when and where. But if you want to download this podcast anytime if you're miss it, uh, go to legendoldies.com or type in Sports Lounge Live, three words in your podcatcher, and have it delivered to you. Or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. You also got option eight for all things radio and option seven for the coffee club and then other good old-time radio and other shows on there. Just listen to the menu. If you want to leave us any comments throughout the week, 800-693-0595, option number two, say it's for Sports Lounge Live, or email us at sportslounge at allthingsradio.net. So until next week, episode 99, we will see you. All right. Take it easy, folks. Sounds good. We'll see you next week. Yeah.